Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Friday, May the 4th, 2018, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose of happy for the day and uh, the last daily dose of happy for the week. We're at Friday. It's a beautiful Friday toward the end of the workday. No matter where you are in the U.S., you're, you're nearing the end of the workday. If you're Listening from somewhere else around the world, I, I can't help you. I don't know what time zone you're in, but you're in the but you U.S. Know what? It, may, it may not matter because who knows when they're going to listen to it as an archive. Well, this is true. Yeah, you never really know. And most of the people do listen on the archive. That's true. So, Better. yeah, it, it works out no matter how you look at it. But uh, it's been a good week, good week around here. I mean, I just sent out, as you know, Wendy, I sent out the uh, manuscript to all the co-authors. So they're all getting a chance to see it. And uh, got, got some covers up for votes and so forth. So things are progressing with the book, and I'm very happy that that's happening. Um, that's exciting. It's very exciting, yes. Um, I've also had uh, – t- today is I, – I always hesitate to say this kind of thing, but today is my birthday, and I've been getting well wishes from all over the place. That's one nice thing about social media. You get a lot of well wishes. And Happy I mean, birthday, Walt. Well, thank Happy you. Happy birthday, big thank time. You. Yeah. Yeah. So let me echo it from like all the listeners. <laughs> say, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Well, hey, happy birthday! <laughs> this could take a while. That was my own personal happy birthday montage. <laughs> Very nice. I like that. Yeah, that was good. Because <laughs> we all want to wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> well, you know, everything should be happy, especially birthdays. You know, I mean, there, there was actually a time when I didn't celebrate my birthday at all. It was my wife who actually convinced me that it was a good thing to do and it took me a while it took me quite a few years before i was starting to get into the swing of it and then i realized it's one more way to get myself into that happy place so i said oh well okay that sounds good to me let's celebrate birthdays <laughs> i mean it, it's a good birthday because it begins with the word happy that's right. Happy birthday. <laughs> I mean, that's the way we talk about birthdays, you that's know? That's true. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever wishes anyone a sad birthday, do they? No. It doesn't I work. I've never heard that one. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> so you're right. It has very strong positive associations with it, which is a good thing. So mm-hmm. how, how about you? How's your week been? I mean, we're nearing the end of the work week. I'm sure you're, like anybody else, looking forward to the weekend. But uh, how's it going for you? I am. The week has just flown by fast and furious. And simultaneously, each day, you know, some, there's been a, a piece of progress toward all the things that I'm desiring in my life. And nice. Of course, I talk about a lot of them on the show. Right. But, you know, some of my most favorite things is when I receive a new thought or I receive a new vision or a new internal conversation. And when I say receive it, it means I wasn't going out of my way to try to think about this subject. It just popped in, and today what I received was I was talking with a girlfriend. Now, I'm going to set this up. When I say I'm talking to a girlfriend, this is inside my head. I wasn't literally talking to her. Oh, So okay. I received this conversation where I'm talking to a friend named Patty, and she said, because we haven't talked in a while, and she's like, oh, so what's new in your life? I said, oh, well, Patty, I haven't told you. I'm now life coaching full time. Yeah, my day job is behind me. I've left, and now I'm doing this full time. She's like, you're kidding. That's so awesome. You've been wanting to do that for a long time. I said, I know. And finally, I have gotten myself into the position um, energetically where everything moved in that direction. And so, yeah, that's where I'm at now, and I'm really excited. Wow. That was the conversation I received and then my internal response to that is woohoo! <laughs> at what point did because, at what point did you start dancing the jig? That's what I want to know. <laughs> okay, I'm doing it right now. You oh, you are okay. Jig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was just like really super um, encouraging and exciting because I've noticed that the um, internal receivings that I've been getting are mirroring where I know I am energetically mm-hmm. in the manifestation process. And Abraham even says that receiving an idea is manifestation. Now, it took me a long time to really get that because, you know, you and I and most people think that manifestation means it's something that you can hold in your hands or something where, you know, you can put it on the calendar or something that's very tangible 
in our earthly realm. Sure. But Abraham makes it clear that when you receive a thought, that's a manifestation. Mm-hmm. Moving toward the earthly realm level of seeing it, tasting it, touching it, feeling it, experiencing it. Which makes sense, so, because we never think in a vacuum. It's not like we have a single thought and then we shut down for the next 10 hours or something like that. We're constantly <laughs> spewing stuff out, you know? Good point. <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, just knowing that I just received this conversation where I'm saying to somebody, yeah, I'm now doing this full time, this thing that I've desired for so long. It's finally upon me. I'm doing it. I'm having a blast. I have all these paying clients that are loving what I'm doing. And while I'm working with them, um, I'm discovering new things. And I'm finding, you know, things that I didn't even know I knew that I now know. And that's what I'm sharing with my clients. And they're moving faster and faster and farther and better than they've ever moved in their life. And frankly, I'm helping them move faster than I've ever helped people move before. You know, that's such a fantastic story. I mean, that really, that's the thing that we all aspire to as we're becoming deliberate creators. We want to learn how to tell the better story. And and you had it come to you, but my goodness, what a terrific story. Well, I will tell you this last part I just shared, that was a story that was created in the moment right now on on this call. Nice. Very nice. I I just picked up where I left off and it was just, it was right there for me to like utter. It was easy. Beautiful. I mean, you know, that, that's I when you know you've gotten there. When, when you've gotten to the point where you can tell yourself a story like that and really feel it and, and believe it, man, you're there. Mm-hmm. And, and most of, okay, so I received that maybe early in, in the day today. And then as I, I would go back and kind of relive how I received that and how good it felt, I just started, started imagining things. And when I did, I could feel it in my body. Mm. Now, and I'll tell you what it was I was imagining in a moment. But I have to say that for me, when I feel something in my body, it's like I'm feeling it because it's so real. It's as though it is. It doesn't feel like something hoped for or wished for. It feels like it's already a done deal. Like I'm living it right now. Nice. So what I was feeling was I was kind of imagining what will it feel like as I'm, you know, full-time coaching and not just the old way of life coaching, the way I once upon a time did it, but it's like, there's a resurgence. There's some, there's a rebirth, there's a rebirthing, a re being born of what I'm doing. And you and I even talked a little bit after the show yesterday, Mm -hmm. um, you said something about life coaching. I said, I'm really not bad. That title doesn't even serve me. That's right. And what does? Yeah. And I said, I'm a transformational life makeover coach. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that felt wonderful to me. Mm-hmm. Because I've the only reason I've ever used the term life coach is because it was a trending term. It's what other people were starting to at least recognize and knew what it meant. Right. And you Google for it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you so politely said to me, forget Google. Yeah. What do you know you are? Just, you don't have to put it on your website. You don't have to have it where it's available for keywords. Just who do you know you are? And I'm like, I've always been about transformation. And that's what feels right to me. And you're like, well, then say that. Yeah. I'm a transformational life makeover coach. Yeah. And and what is that? I said, I love to help people make over their whole life. And that feels rich, and mm. that feels right for who I am. So, well, as I'm thinking, and I, I, I immediately I, wrote that down, by the way, as soon as we got off the phone last night. Oh, good, good. <laughs> and, and I want to just interject one thing, because I imagine there are yeah. some listeners out there who are wondering, well, why wouldn't you want to be friendly on Google? And I won't do the whole thing about Google, but I will say this. Google themselves says, do not do your marketing for Google. Do it for your customer. And that's all I was doing. I was spreading the message that they give. Don't do your marketing for Google. Do it for your customer. Because when you do it for your customer, you do it the real way. You do it with, this is what you would actually want to say to your customer. And that's what you did. And look how good it felt. Oh, my gosh. It felt so good. So as I was embodying what a transformational life makeover coach is, I was feeling into, well, what would my morning be like? And I thought about how I'd wake up 
but stay in bed. And I'd let my mind just do all the fun things that it does, conjuring up new ideas, just being in my own little thought bubble, you know, my own thought storm. It just Mm. felt so good. And then I could see myself, you know, like I was imagining thinking while I'm laying in bed, okay, what's my schedule for the day? And then I would like picture (laughs) my my date book because I still have a hardbound date book. (laughs) You really do. Wow. You and Louise. I really do. I've had one since like the early 90s. And so I have a stack of them. They're like my personal (laughs) journal slash diaries. Okay. And so anyway, I was just mentally picturing what was on the docket for the day. And I saw that I had um, a coaching appointment with one of my clients later in the day for an hour. And I had this sense of, oh, well, I have about four or five hours before then. What do I want to do until then? And I had several ideas. I'm like, well, I could go back and work on my um, doctoral thesis or my master's thesis, or I could start working on a new book. And it's like, I didn't have to know what it was, but there was this feeling of, freedom to do these things that I have wanted to do for years. And now I had the time to do it. Nice. So that was one little imagination. Yeah. And I probably shouldn't minimize it as little. That was no, one imagination. That was a I good had. one. That was a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> then later in the day, I I think I was walking down the stairs and my brain went to, ooh, let's see, is there another one available to me? And once upon a, once again, I went back to, I wake up in the morning and I visualize what my date book looks like. And on that particular day, um, I only had a couple hours until my client call. And we were going to work together for four hours. We were going to do like an intensive workshop together, just her and me. And I was like, as I was thinking about it, I was like, ooh, I can't wait to get into the juiciness of what we're going to conquer today. Her whole life is going to like shift in such a dramatic way because I knew exactly what I was going to deliver to her and for her. I was so ready. And so then that was that imagination, and that felt really good. Nice. Then I kind of went forward in my day, my literal today today, (laughs) and I had another one. And it it included a longer version of a day, like my ideal day. And it kind of got very generalized. But it got generalized into... I wake up when it feels good to wake up. I talk to the clients that I have on the books. And this part I specifically remember. And I was open and am open to receiving more calls with people that want to schedule and time with me and want to become my paying clients. Mm -hmm. And there was just this sense of ease. And I felt like for the first time in a very long time, I had time to think, I had time to create, and I had time to do the things that caused me to feel good. And I pictured sometimes I'm going to take myself out to lunch. I'm going to go visit other friends that I don't see very often because when I'm working a day job, I haven't had the liberty to do so. And I just felt this expansion in who I am as I was now being a full-time life makeover coach knowing that everything I did was expanding not only me, but also expanding the world of my clients and new things were on the horizon. Like I was not going to just be doing any one thing. Things were going to be constantly changing and shifting for me as I did more things that were fun with different mediums. And I really think, because a long time ago I talked about, hey, I'm ready to do a reality show. I have a feeling some version of that is on its way because that keeps popping back up into my thoughts. So today, although it has been kind of a a low-key day in many ways, those things have all come to me today. And as I say them, I'm like, wow, that's kind of a banner-winning day, isn't it? Yeah, that's not terribly low-key, I would say. I mean, it's nice that it was so relaxing and, and that you found it to be very easy because obviously that's part of what you're asking for. But wow. Yeah, big wow. So that was my day. Yeah. <laughs> you know me, I'm, always, I'm always looking for more and I always expect more. Which is a great thing. Now, I know there are going to be some people who are listening who, like me, because I've been there and, and I'm still climbing out of it in some ways, 
who wonder how on earth do you get that level of insights coming to you with that level of detail in one day without going to look for it? How did you pull that off? <laughs> That's an interesting question. How did I pull that off? Well, once upon a time, you asked me about something that had happened that you thought was really quite incredible. And you said, how does it feel? And I went, normal. True. And I have to say that whenever I think about any of these things occurring, it feels normal. That's why, to me, I could say it was kind of a low-key day. I wasn't having these really high highs because even receiving these imaginations felt normal. So to go back to your question, which is how do you go about doing this? I have to say, I didn't always have this come so easily. But I am so and have been so determined that I was going to find the answers that I had been seeking of how to live a life of more that I did whatever came to me and little by little, my belief systems um, expanded and changed. So my belief systems are so strong and so powerful. I cannot be shaken very easily. Um, I even had a session one time with um, a psychic medium and she was doing a group session and I was in the room and I didn't know if she would read for me or not. But she had many things to say to me, but the one that stands out because I so resonated with this as truth. She said, I see you like a very mature tree where the trunk is so solidly planted and rooted that no matter how strong the winds blow, you are unmoved. And I have to say, that's who I feel like I've become. And, and that's not just because of any one specific thing, but because I'm continually seeking for really big time empowering thoughts. And when I find them, I think on them and think on them and think on them and think on them and think on them, think on them until they become such a solid belief, it becomes unshakable to me. And I do wake up these days every morning, the first conscious thought I have as my feet are hitting the ground. Everything always works out for me. Everything. <laughs> very nice. So. Very, very nice. By the way, for people who are wanting to learn more, the website is wendydillard.com. That's where you find out more about what Wendy's doing. But, uh, yeah, Thanks, great story. <laughs> yeah, you, got, you deserve a little plug for that one. That was really good. <laughs> and, as usual, it does tie in to where we are in the book. I mean, it doesn't happen oh, cool. every time, but it does tie in because – what you were doing was, it, it isn't the way most people think about it normally. They normally think about this differently. But you were actually involved in some action. And it was a kind of inspired action. The question here is about action. Now, the question is about a, a different side of action. But nevertheless, okay. there is, there's the parallel. It, it actually is there. And to remind everybody, we are reading from the book, The Law of Attraction, The Basics of the Teachings of Abraham by Esther and Jerry Hicks. Um, we are in part three, and we're on a subsection that's entitled, How Does Action or Work Fit into Abraham's Recipe? So Jerry asks Abraham, so how many of those I've seen, I'm sorry to say that again, so many of those I've seen who've had tremendous results in their life, people to whom joyous things happen materially with relationships and, and health-wise, don't seem to put out very much physical energy to receive these things. Hmm. They seem to work a lot less than a lot of the other folks who seem to work much harder, but who then receive so much less. Where does the physical work or action part fit into your recipe for creating what we want? And Abraham says, you did not come into this environment to create through action. Instead, your action is meant to be a way in which you enjoy what you have created through thought. When you take the time to deliberately offer your thought, discovering the power of aligning your thoughts of your desires with matching beliefs and expectations, the law of attraction will yield to you the results you are seeking. However, if you do not take the time to line up your thoughts, there is not enough action in the world to compensate for that misalignment. Al 
action that is inspired from aligned thought is joyful action. Action that is offered from a place of contradicted thought is hard work and is not satisfying and does not yield good results. When you really feel like jumping into action, that is a clear sign that your vibration is pure and you are not offering contradictory thoughts to your own desire. When you're having a hard time making yourself do something or when the action you offer does not produce the results you are seeking, it is always because you are offering thoughts in opposition to your desire. You are most physically action, you are mostly physical action beings at this time because you do not yet understand the power of your thought. When you are better in applying your deliberate thought, there will be not so much action for you to tend to. And we had an, a direct example of that today, right here on this show. <laughs> Right here. Yes, we did. Live for your entertainment and enjoyment. (laughs) Well, and this fits in with something, honestly, it's been on my mind every day for the last several, and I hadn't felt to share it yet, but I do now. There was something I'd listened to on a new, for me, it was a new CD of Abraham, and somebody, a, a workshop participant had asked, well, they actually made a statement in which there was kind of an embedded question, and it went something like this. This woman says, you know, I know of a woman who has worked for the last 10 years to support her husband and her family with the understanding that she would put him through school. And when he was done, he would, they would kind of flip roles and she would get a lighter load and he would have to, you know, start to bring in the finances. And just at the point the 10 years was up, they got a divorce. And so, of course, he's now about to start his new career that, in essence, she bankrolled. And she's really ticked off. I don't blame her. But the the story gets worse, Walt. Oh, no. Somebody in his family passes away and gives him a huge inheritance. Like, I don't know if it was a million dollars. It was something that was a huge number. Yeah, I think I remember this. And he chose not to share any of it with with her. her. Yeah. So the workshop participant is basically saying, like, what's up with that? That doesn't seem very fair. That's not (laughs) just. And, of course, Abraham, in their very clever wit, says, well, we think it's very just. So I know at this point, the whole audience is sitting on pins and needles going, oh, do tell. (laughs) Yeah. You know, in our humanness, we're like, well, that seems so unfair. Totally unfair. They're like, what's what's wrong with you, Abraham? I mean, get with the program here. (laughs) Exactly. That's like what Esther will say to Abraham. Well, you just need to think about it the way I'm thinking about it. And then you (laughs) feel this bad, too. And they're like, sorry, we won't go there. We aren't going there, no. (laughs) So Abraham's response is something I have not been able to let go. Now, I've heard them say this kind of thing before, but this time I'm like, okay, I want to get this. So Abraham went on to say that the woman has had very steeped beliefs in working hard for her money, which that made my my little antenna go up because I'm like, ooh, that was the belief that I just blew up, that, Mm. you know, I came from a working class family and that's all you can ever have. Right. And so this woman was kind of in that same place where she believed you work hard, you know, and then you get the results. You don't get much, but you get enough. And she thought in all fairness, her husband would reciprocate when it, when it was time. But what Abraham said about him is what really most fascinated me because they said he had a belief because this is what he thought about. I don't want to work hard. Things should come easily. And things do come easily. Now, if you think about, he just spent 10 years with a woman making a choice. I mean, granted wife, but making a choice to feather his nest and make his life easy. As he went off and pursued his dream job. But his belief in things should come easily and do come easily prevailed because he got this mega huge inheritance. 
And apparently it's the kind of thing where he probably would never have to work again if he didn't want to. You know, and what, one in of the Abraham's interesting things world, too. that's well, totally just. One of the interesting things about this too is that, well, there, there's two aspects to this. One aspect is a lot of people who profess their belief in law of attraction, including one or two of the co-hosts here on the show, uh, are strong advocates of gratitude. And the idea that gratitude is one of the best ways, perhaps the best way to get into that attractive, allowing mode so that the stuff can show up that we've been asking for. And the reason I mention that is the husband really demonstrated no gratitude at all to his wife. And yet the stuff showed up. And I say that because Abraham has also, on other occasions, mentioned that in their view, while gratitude is a positive, appreciation has a more pure vibration to it. And I don't even know how to tie those concepts together, but it just really strikes me that here's this concept, gratitude, that is such a, a strong force for positivity for people who are trying to get themselves into that positive frame of mind, and yet this guy attracted this huge windfall in a completely and a complete lack of gratitude for the role his wife played in it. Okay, so I, I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> well, I'll just mute my mic for a while then. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, jump in with questions if oh, I'm okay. not making myself clear if you have more ideas. Okay. First of all, I completely understand gratitude versus appreciation as Abraham describes it. Now, I'm, and I'm going to describe it in a moment, and I'm not quite sure that every person on the planet really uses the word gratitude in the way that Abraham talks about it, mm -hmm. but I do understand the concept. So what Abraham concludes is that when many people, and we're not making this absolute, but when many people use the word gratitude, they're using it because they're focusing on what they've overcome and then also looking at what they now have in appreciation for what they've overcome. And I have to say, for me personally, I took a look at that, and I realized that when I say to somebody, I'm so grateful to you for blah, 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 there is an energetic element of the negative thing that I didn't want or didn't like. And the reason I'm being so grateful is because maybe this person helped me get to the other side where now things are better. But I am looking at both the negative side, what I've gotten over, what I've conquered, what I've come through, as well as the appreciation for what I now have. So Abraham does suggest that it's, and I'm going to say it's not about the words you use, but be mindful that when you're talking about something, if you come from the pure aspect of such great appreciation for where you are today, Without looking back at what was yesterday, you're in a purer vibration. Makes sense. So that's one thing. That's yep. kind of to set up a foundation. Now, okay. you were saying you have a couple co-hosts that are very gratitude-oriented and really like that and profess that. Um, I, I won't say that I don't do gratitude or I don't do appreciation, but unlike Oprah, who has her gratitude journal and has been writing in it every day for like a gazillion million years, <laughs> I've never done that. But I do take time to appreciate the wins in my life, the exceptional things that occur, um, like the three imaginations I had today. I mean, I have great appreciation for that. Mm. I, but I don't feel, I'm not going to say I feel gratitude because I don't want to look back on anything. I'm only looking forward to where I'm going. Good point. And it doesn't mean that from time to time, I don't purposely articulate, here's where I used to be, and this is where I am. And I do that because, oh my gosh, I have so much appreciation for where I am right now. And what makes it so cool is when I look at what I used to be and where I am now, it's just awesome and off the charts. And for me, there's no negative. There, there's nothing inside of me that sticks me as a negative thing to be able to talk about that. But if let's say I want to talk about something and say, I just got over the worst cold and I start telling you all the symptomology and how bad it was. 
And then I say, oh, but I am so grateful that like my head has cleared up, my stomach is not churning in knots anymore, and I'm feeling good. That does not have the same level of positive energy as me saying, you know what? I woke up this morning with such incredible well-being. I feel on top of the world. Absolutely. I agree with that. Okay. And so that to me, it's a slight distinction. But the first one, you know, here's my symptomology and thank God I'm feeling better. And I'm so grateful I feel good now. That's kind of the energy of gratitude. Mm -hmm. The energy of appreciation is where we're not talking about any of the garbage that happened before. Yeah, I'll buy that. That makes sense. But it doesn't mean that every person that uses the word grateful is using that distinction. Some people, when they say grateful, it really is a pure, positive, appreciative moment. And so I'm not here to draw a line in the sand that somebody has to use the words that Abraham says. Mm -hmm. But now let's go back to the idea of what, tell me how you, you said it, something about gratitude leads to. Well, I'm not sure what I said about gratitude leads to, but my point was that this man in, in the story, um, basically he, he lived life the way he wanted to. He had this huge windfall. Um, when he was done with his wife, he just divorced her and he had absolutely no gratitude expressed for all the work that she did for the previous 10 years so that he could have that life of ease. Got it. Well, and we don't know that he didn't appreciate or was grateful for it, but in the story, he obviously didn't feel the need or the desire or the obligation or responsibility to give her any kind of financial remuneration. Right. Okay, so, I mean, that's all we know from this story, but that's something where I just really thought about it, and I wasn't, I was trying to remove all of my judgment from what I would hope he would do, because I think the majority of people, at least the way Abraham talked about it, and I could sense the energy's reaction, which was like, oh, that's appalling, how dare he do that? Mm -hmm. And I think that might be a very typical response that we, at least in America, would have over such things. Oh, yeah, I would. I mean, I, I would try to minimize it in terms of not getting overly excited with negativity. But my initial reaction would be, oh, how could he do that? Well, and so that's where, because I, too, I have always been about justice. And to me, it only seemed fair that he now give her something for all the 10 years that she helped put him to, to through school so he could have this great career. Well, actually, I don't even think of it in terms of fair. I mean, I can understand why people would say fair. To me, it's not even about fair. To me, it's he he reneged on his agreement. The agreement was she'll work to support him and then he'll work to support her. And he got his half of it, but she didn't get her half of it. She, he, he violated the deal. Right. That's the part that bothers me. Well, and so regardless what aspect I look at, you look at, whatever, what I was choosing to do was suspend all my judgment on what I think is more morally right or wrong and look at it just from a pure vibrational perspective. Mm -hmm. And this is where I recognize that law of attraction is always fair because they work by the same a law of attraction works by the same rules all the time, regardless who is doing the broadcasting. And there are some of the kindest people in the world that appear to get shafted continually in life Very and true. it seems unfair that such nice kind people should end up with stage four cancer you know or other you know scenarios right but law of attraction is fair in that it doesn't decide who's nice and who's not it will always deliver to every individual based on the broadcast signals that they send true and that's what abraham was really talking about in terms of this scenario with this ex-husband and wife is she had her broadcast signals based on the beliefs that she holds, which is you work hard and, you know, you get paid for it and you make agreements and then you should have the agreement honored. And he, on the other hand, oh, and by the way, and her life was mirroring that and the results she was getting mirrored that. Mm -hmm. And then he, on the other hand, was really fine in his beliefs, which obviously were very different than hers. Apparently. That's why he had got a very different result. And Abraham was saying what he focuses on is that 
things come really easy easy to him and he it doesn't require a whole lot of effort on his part he just kind of sits back and watches it all come in and i thought to myself how do i get that mindset now i wasn't saying how do i cheat somebody out of somebody i wasn't focused there at all but i went if there's anything to learn and discover from this beautiful example that was being presented is this man was lined up with beliefs that were all about ease and that things came to him easily without it, a lot of effort. And it does go to prove, I mean, most people are doing the best they can. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. We may we may take issue with how certain people do things in their lives and so forth, but I think ultimately everybody is trying to do the best they can. And mm -hmm. quite honestly, almost all of us, I would almost say all of us i leave open the possibility there's somebody out there i haven't met who who violates this rule but almost all of us have learned certain things whether it be with the law of attraction or just through what we learned in life or whatever that work for us and we do them and we do them well and they produce good results for us and that doesn't stop us from having what i might call more weaknesses in other areas i mean there are some people who are very, very wealthy who I wouldn't want to be like, you know, if, if you were to arrest me and throw me in prison and force me to un, under threat of, of, of execution, I, mean, I still wouldn't want to behave like them. And yet, nevertheless, despite that, that kind of tremendous moral, I'll call it degradation, they also have another side of them where they're able to, to accomplish what they want to accomplish very, very easily. So should I throw out the baby with the bathwater? Should I say, well, because... They're really morally reprehensible on this that I shouldn't pay any attention to that thing over there that they're strong on. That's where the fairness thing starts to, to lose its focus in my mind. Well, and see, because law of attraction doesn't look at the reprehensible things in terms of them being reprehensible, because that's a judgment. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a bad judgment. No. It's, you know, you and I might hold that same judgment. I think we probably do, but nevertheless. <laughs> but but the point is, it's still a judgment. Yes. Because we're deciding what's, what an action means. And that's where law of attraction is very neutral. Yes. They don't have a bone to pick on either side of the equation. They just look at it in law of attraction. I, I don't know why I'm calling it a they, but law of attraction... <laughs> is simply a mechanism that responds in like kind to whatever broadcast signal it receives. Period, end of report. And so that's why I looked at this scenario and I went all judgment aside. I want what he has. Mm -hmm. The aspect where he has the ability to allow things to come with such ease, it's because that's what he focuses on and that's what he believes. And I thought, I want that. And I do. I will say, I believe that has started to jump into my life this week very quickly. Mm. Because I am efforting less and easing more. Where there is more synchronistic flow and more internal guidance. And I'm like, wow, I didn't do anything for this. It's like I didn't work hard for this to show up in my world. That's an interesting concept. I mean, because I grew up with you work hard. You get good grades, and then you work hard, and then you'll become something. Yeah, me too. And you know, work, work hard at your job, and then, you know, you'll either be recognized or promoted or both or whatever. <laughs> um, but it was all, it always had an element of working hard. Yeah. And it reminds me of um, something that happened, uh, I guess, a couple months ago when I'm at my job and we have our annual performance evaluations, which happens for our company in February, which, you know, is kind of like the result of everything that happened the year before. And when my boss gave me my results, he told me, you know, basically lots of very positive, positive things. Um, and it's kind of like, I got to, you know, for my level of where I am in the company, which is kind of not very high, you know, I got a decent bonus, but I'll, when it was all said and done and my boss and I were no longer talking, I sat there and thought about it and went, you know, 
I did not work any harder in 2017 than I've worked in any other year. And I've been there almost 11 years now. I've always brought my A game. Always. That's who I am. And the amount of bonus that I receive is so small in comparison to how a corporate environment makes it out to be that you work really hard and you get a bonus. <laughs> and it's like, really? Yeah. I could have two paying clients and get that bonus. That's like not much in terms of the my corporate bonus. And he was talking about how well and if you continue with this trajectory next year, you know, I expect that you'll be able to get to this other ranking, you know, which like hardly anybody ever gets to, which in my <laughs> 11 years, I've, I've managed to have one, one time. Mm. And then they changed how they determined it. And I went flat down to the bottom again, because that's what oh, they geez. did with everybody. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, you know what? There is so little reward for this huge amount of effort that they're asking me to make in order to get this better ranking. And that to me feels like this story. I'm supposed to put, I mean, if I stick with the corporate structure, which I'm not, but if I were to stick with it, what they're saying is put in more work, put in more time, put in more thought, do more, be more, you know, give it your all. And you'll maybe get an extra 50 bucks in your bonus next year. Yep. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. Oh, yeah. And I, and I, it was an odd thing, but I went, oh, my God, how did I not see this with the level of clarity I do now? <laughs> is that there is such a built-in belief system that working hard is going to net you all the results that you desire. Well, guess what? I desire more than 50 bucks. So all that hard work, and he wants me to work even harder? So I could get maybe another 50, yip-de-doo, maybe another 100 bucks? Mm. Oh, no. Uh-uh. That ain't it. And that's when I realized I don't belong in corporate. Right. Because this is, I mean, this is not just one person who believes this. This is an entire structure probably across all of America, you know, and then probably many other countries. I just can't speak for them because I don't know their politics. But I went, I don't believe in that. I like what this guy is saying. Again, judgment aside. Work little, get much. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely superior. That's our new slogan. Yeah. Work little, get much. <laughs> yeah. And, and I like that. And it doesn't mean you have to do it the way he did it. No. I'm, I mean, I don't think you would. I, I certainly wouldn't either. Um, but you can still, like you said, you can learn from the good part of what he did because there is a good part to it. We just have to recognize what, that what it, as what it is. Um, but even more than that, and, and this is may, this may not be something you resonate with. I don't really know. But I want to mention this because I found this helped me when it came to basically reconciling myself with myself over what certain people do who are well off who behave badly. Because, I mean, we can all point to examples of them. A lot of them are in the news. I mean, they, they definitely exist. And I, I just I came up with a few things along the line that might help somebody who feels kind of stuck on, well, you know, Rich people are just such evil people and, you know, I mean, they're, they're just stealing their money and all this other stuff. The first thing that I recognized is that that public persona is not anywhere near the majority of wealthy people. It is a small minority. And the way we know that is they're in the news. <laughs> the news is about the exceptional. It's not about the norm. So you have to kind of remind yourself, just because we see people who behave badly and who are wealthy doesn't mean that's the way wealthy people are. It just means that's what the people in the news who are wealthy are like. Mm -hmm. The second thing to remind myself is that just because somebody else got wealthy while they were doing unsavory things doesn't mean that they get off scot-free. The law of attraction works in all areas of our lives. And so I don't know exactly how it will always happen in any given particular case, but I can count on the fact that if person X makes a lot of money and in the process ends up screwing a bunch of people in some way, that's going to come back to him because the energy has that energy and that energy is going to come back in some way. Unless they change their energy. Unless they change the energy. Yep. But in order to change the energy, they also have to change the way they treat people. So either way, I'm okay with it. The third thing I want to point out is that when 
we are looking at somebody who you know we don't really approve of the way that they're they're doing things we automatically assume that that's the way you have to make money that's the way you have to become wealthy and it's not true you don't have to behave that way in order to do the other part of what he did you you can do the other part of what of what he did and be a good person at the same time and one does not preclude the other so instead of focusing all our attention on how terrible that other side of that person is how about focusing on like you said on the good stuff that he did and then marrying it with how we want to behave as good people in the ways that we feel are good that works and just as well we and what if we don't even call what he did good and we just remove the judgment and we just say this is how he believed this is what his vibration equals like we don't have to think this guy is good or bad i wasn't even looking at whether i think he's good or bad i just saw an element of what he was broadcasting and i went i want that mm-hmm. i want to broadcast like that which because i recognized that the dichotomy between this husband and wife was that she believed you work hard and you get income but not huge you just get enough <laughs> that was her belief yeah and he believed you don't have to work much at all and you get everything mm-hmm. and so i'm like i want that belief that yeah. you know it's kind of like you know that old adage work smart not hard right right well believe for ease that is working smart not hard it is yep Believe in ease. And I, I would say I really did believe in ease, but I now have added another component because I had not thought about it in terms of working hard versus not working hard. I believed in other things coming easy to me, you know, where I talk to the right person who knows just the right pieces of information and that transaction becomes easy. That was easy for me to believe that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But when it came to making income or your financial status, that was a different story. That always had an element of struggle and working hard. And when I heard about this guy, I went, oh, I looked at myself and went, oh, I have, a, I have had a belief like her that you have to work hard. And she worked hard and it was tireless. I don't want to work so hard anymore. And not even because oh, I've put in my time. Not even because of that. No. I just don't want to work hard anymore. Because now that I know that what's available to me is a level of ease, and all I have to do, and that sounds small, but it's not, you know, that my job is to line up my thinking. Okay, if I'm going to put my effort somewhere, that's where I've now decided to put my effort in lining up my thinking with how my inner being thinks about certain things. That to me is easier than toiling with my physical body or my brain or quote, working for the man. (laughs) Yep. I want to clarify one point too. Um, You pointed out uh, that maybe even looking at it in terms of good is not the best way to do it because we want to look at it without judgment. And I want to clarify I understand many people would use the word good in the moral sense. I was not actually using it in that sense. For me, the word good means what do I prefer? I actually prefer doing business with and doing things in life with people who behave in a way that is similar to my own value system. And my own value system is, well, if I was in that relationship with that woman, I wouldn't abandon the the, the deal I had with her. You know, I actually probably would not have made the deal in the first place because I don't think it's a smart deal to make. It's a 20-year deal, and I don't think it's a really good way to do it. But nevertheless, if I had been in that deal, I would have honored the agreement. And there is nothing in that that is contradictory to having a life of ease. That's where that's where the problem is right there. It's in believing that you have to have a life of hard work in order to honor the deal. And you don't. Well, maybe for him, but maybe for him it was just a choice. Well, I'm talking about for her. I'm talking about for her and for anyone who wants to be a her without, quote, being taken advantage of, unquote. Because she's the one who could have said to to herself, I am not going to work hard. I can still match this deal without working hard. 
because the deal wasn't right. I'm going to work hard for the next 10 years. The deal was I'm going to be the breadwinner for the next 10 years. You see what I mean? There's a difference there. There's yeah. a very important difference. Now, and, and right. in terms and, of and, and in terms of, of somebody who perhaps might be in his position but didn't want to behave the way he did, you don't have to. Similarly, he can also decide if he wants to that or if the replacement him wants to they can decide yes i want to have a life of ease and yes i want to honor the deal because life tells me my experience tells me it doesn't take a whole lot to provide that level of financial support i can do it there is not a contradiction here i think where we get tripped up is we believe it's one or the other it's not mm-hmm that's my and point. I, honestly, I, I got a little bit lost. I heard your story, but I couldn't tell if you were wanting to make a specific point. I, I was trying to rearrange what I saw of as a misperception about my use of the word good. I was not thinking oh, okay. of good as a judgment. I was thinking of it in terms of what's a good thing? What is a preferred thing? For me, a preferred thing is doing both. For me, a preferred thing is attracting the money, having a life of ease, and at the same time, providing the financial support for the other person to go to school, and then vice versa. There is no contradiction in my mind there. And I think that the real problem is when we approach a problem, when we approach a story like that, and we assume it can only be one way or the other, it can't be both. It can't be mm -hmm. both a life of ease and providing financial support. It can't, it can't be both being there for the other person and not having to struggle to do it. And so you kind of worked more into the story. I was purposely trying to stay big picture and say, here are the physical facts that took place. I was just looking at this one little piece mm -hmm. that to me I found incredible value in. Which is great. Which is, yeah. However he got, the, however he managed to produce this lifestyle, I'm like, I want that. Because, you know, while I was married, um, I mean, my husband and I both worked, but I, you know, there were, I worked, well, I don't know. I worked a lot. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very sympathetic. I, I did the same. <laughs> I put in a lot, a lot, a lot of hard work. Um, and because I worked so hard, I recognized I had this belief that in order to have the things I want, it requires that I work really hard to get them. And I think sometimes when I saw my husband, who granted he worked hard at his at his job, but then he came home and he played a lot of like video games, but I was still working in the house and doing like the things that we required together. I still saw that I was constantly working, working, working. And even though from time to time he would say, Wendy, will you ever just slow down, come enjoy something <laughs> with me, you know, come play a game with me. Let's play guitar hero. Let's watch a movie. And I'm like, Oh no, there are things to be done. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, I mean, I know it was my choice. And then there'd be times I'd, I would feel resentful towards him mm -hmm. because I felt mm -hmm. like I was doing so much work and I was watching him getting so much play in. Yeah. I've but I that. know mm -hmm. that was my choice. Mm -hmm. um, but it was my choice based on the beliefs that I had. And that's really the point I'm trying to bring this to. The beliefs that I had is for me to have what I want, I have to work hard. And he didn't have that belief. Right. I mean, it didn't mean that he didn't work hard when he worked, and he, but he really wanted to enjoy what he did. And then he felt like, hey, when I come home from my job that made the income, I want to have fun. I want to, I want to relax and play and hang out with friends and, you know, enjoy myself. And I didn't have a whole lot of time in my life that I felt I could enjoy because I had this thing instilled that you've got to keep working. You just got to keep working, got to be working all the time. And so I think that's part of why this story um, of the husband and wife really caught my attention mm. because it really helped me to go, wow, I really was doing what I was doing the antithesis of what this guy was doing. Mm -hmm. And I wished I would have, while I was married, um, been able to see the rich benefits that my husband and his thought process could have taught me. I just ch didn't look at it that way because he had a much better work-life balance than I did. Mm. 
he found play and ease in his life and I didn't. And that's where I am kind of where in my life right now is I'm wanting to enjoy life. I want to take a breather. I don't want to always have to work, 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 because that's how that's kind of been the mantra of my life. Yeah, I, I and, agree. The, the the life of of an easy life, and not just an easy life, but a easy almost sounds wrong. A life of excitement and adventure, and and I'm enjoying it. And I can't wait for the next thing, and it's always different. And it's I'm, I'm it's not just stuck in a at a desk or whatever all day long. I'm actually out. I'm about. I'm doing things. And we're deciding. Oh, mm-hmm. we're going to go here, and Louise and I are doing this stuff together, and all these crazy, wonderful things are happening. That's the kind of life I want to have. Where every life, I, I'm just, I'm just drinking it all in. It's so great. And honestly, as much as I had a desire for some playful lightness in my life, I didn't really see how that could happen because I just kept feeling work, 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 work. That's all I saw. It. It's, it's what my mantra was. Me, me and too. I, I know that that has definitely shifted because now. It's like I, I've I've had the logical idea of work smart, not hard. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to apply it. And I feel that I'm now in the process of allowing that application to start to take hold. Well, because clearly I, you are. I, I mean, you I look- unearthed the, the hardworking part. I'm always going to work hard at whatever I do because I love to do that. Mm-hmm. But not to the point that it robs me of joy. You've been exploring all different kinds of modalities in your life, largely surrounding and and being involved in your inner being and communicating with your inner being. And that part of you has kind of exploded in growth over the last X amount of years. I'm not sure how long. But the point is, you've been doing that for so long now. That actually is what I see as your way toward learning how to enjoy life more. And it, it shows up in all of your Project X and Project B reports. I mean, the enthusiasm just <laughs> oozes out of you from it. So clearly, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's taking you in that direction. And that's great. And, you know, even something I did today was just, it was part of just enjoying life. Um, it, was, it was drizzling, raining a little bit here. And there was a shingle that had fallen off someone's roof, and it was in our alley. And I didn't know if it was mine or not. And because of all where all the trees are, and I have a two-story house, it's not easy to find to, to, for me to actually look at all the sides of my house. But I just had this idea. I want to go out in the rain. I, I want to take this moment to just kind of explore where did that shingle come from. And I took an umbrella, and I, I put my thongs on, and I walked outside. And I just started walking around the house, and I'd had to walk, like, all the way down the sidewalk in front of my next door neighbor's house on both sides and in front of me in order to be able to see up that tall. But I just kept feeling I'm outside in the rain. Oh, the air smells so good. Mm. I love that my toes are getting drizzled on. And it was just like, I felt like I was communing with nature and I had a purpose, which was to look for the missing shingle, you know, but it was so delightful to be outside. And as I came back in, I thought to myself, what allowed me to do that today? Because other times I might have the thought, oh yeah, I want to rock, walk around my house and see if I could find if that's my shingle or not, which by the way, I don't think it is, <laughs> but just in case. Um, and I would say to myself, oh no, you don't have time to do that. Or, or you're on the clock. You, you can't do that. Because that was part of that work, 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 work mentality. And today I, because of all the imaginations I had about the freedom as I experience being a full-time coach and no longer being stuck behind a desk, I was living the freedom today, right now, even though I'm not yet a full-time coach, but that's so coming to me. I started feeling the freedom of it today. And that's why I went outside and just enjoyed the world. And it's like, breathe it in girl. This is my future. This Fantastic. Is my and we'll have to leave it right there, but th- we'll have to pick it up again on Monday. This has been great, and, and uh, we hope that uh, you'll all join us next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye now.